Welcome to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Now get ready for another episode of Strange Things with Joshua P. Warren. The thoughts and opinions expressed by the host are thoughts and opinions only and do not necessarily reflect those of iHeartMedia, iHeartRadio, Coast to Coast AM, employees of Premier Networks or their sponsors and associates. You are encouraged to do the proper amount of research yourself, depending on the subject matter and your needs. Bringing you brand new, mind-blowing content, news, exercises, and weird experiments you can do at home, and a lot more on this edition of the program, my favorite Roswell witness. And in a minute, I will tell you why this person is my favorite Roswell witness. Now listen, I'm not going to bore you by telling you the story of the Roswell incident for the umpteenth time. But I do want to reiterate to you how all of this actually began in July of 1947. It actually started closer to a town about 100 miles from Roswell called Corona, New Mexico. And at that time in 1947, Mac Brazel was the foreman of a ranch called the Foster Ranch, about 35 miles southeast of Corona. And he came in to town one day to report that he had discovered a large amount of metallic debris on the ranch. And he started asking some of the guys in town, including a man named Jesse Wade, if they would go to the ranch to help him remove the debris. He didn't know where it came from, but he said his sheep would not cross it to go to water. Well, surprisingly, no one was available to help. And so that is when Mac used the telephone at the local drugstore to report the event to the sheriff in Roswell, and the rest is history. Now, Jesse Wade, again, one of the guys who Mac Brazel asked for help, was the father of a seven-year-old boy named Chuck Wade. And Chuck Wade, of course, grew up hearing about this opportunity that his father had to go see this debris before the government got involved. And, of course, his father always regretted that he wasn't able to do that. And so Chuck Wade, the rest of his life, became especially fascinated with this Story, And he would go out himself the rest of his life into the field around the area looking for debris. And as a matter of fact, years ago, he discovered some little metallic pieces of debris that uh, were in a dried up lake bed, basically. 
So it makes sense that this is something that might have been missed in the area. And you have to realize it's not like the crash happened just at one spot. Supposedly, this UFO, it came in at such high speed, it was sort of like skipping like a stone on water and leaving all of these different patches of debris strewn out over a very wide area. So Chuck Wade discovered some weird pieces of debris, and I met him in person at a UFO conference, and Chuck Wade actually sent me some of these weird little pieces of metallic debris for me to analyze at my Lemur Paranormal Research Lab in Asheville, North Carolina. And one of the weirdest things about this debris is that I found you could take a sliver of it and put it in something like a metal pie pan and then put that pie pan on top of an electrostatic generator, like a Van de Graaff machine, the type of thing with the metal ball that you, you know, you put your hands on it and it makes your hair stand up sort of thing. And as soon as this little sliver of metal was within that electrostatic field, it just stood up and just started spinning all over the place, almost magically. It's the weirdest thing. And uh, all kinds of examinations that have been done of this metal say that it, it's a combination of metals that is not found on this earth. So only on a few rare occasions over the years have I brought some of this metal out and demonstrated it in person for people. But we do have a little piece that I do show to people who come to the creepy Vegas ghost and UFO show that we do here in Las Vegas from time to time. So that's a very interesting connection that I have that goes right back to the source of, of the whole Roswell incident. And as a matter of fact, if you go to Chuck Wade's website, chuckwadeufo.com, chuckwadeufo.com, you can learn more about his work. So I wanted to tell you that to give you, again, an idea of how all this stuff really began. And the first person who was fearless enough to really come out and, and sit down in front of a camera and go on the record and say, look, I was there in Roswell in the midst of this incident when it went down. And I, I will tell you, despite the threats, despite the intimidation from the military, I will tell you what my experience there was. And this man was named Glenn Dennis. And Glenn, Den Glenn Dennis worked at the funeral home there in Roswell which put him in a very unique and serendipitous position when all this went down. Just to give you a little more background on Glenn Dennis, he was born in 1925, and he died in 2015 at the age of 90. He ended up becoming a founder of the International UFO Museum and Research Center there in Roswell. And uh, I actually ended up uh, working on the XOPS Discovery Channel project and being able to spend a night there investigating that museum where all kinds of bizarre things happen. But Glenn Dennis began working as a part-time assistant in the Ballard Funeral Home there in Roswell in 1940 while he was still attending Roswell High School. And then after graduation... Dennis was excused from wartime military service because of poor hearing. And then he commenced an apprenticeship as an embalmer there at the Ballard Funeral Home. He graduated 
from the San Francisco College of Mortuary Science in 1946 and was then put in charge of the Ballard Funeral Home military contract, which included ambulance and mortuary services for the nearby Roswell Army Airfield, which was renamed Walker Air Force Base in 1948. And what he witnessed in that capacity is absolutely fascinating. Um, he, he sat down and talked to UFO researchers again on camera and told his story. And I want to play for you some portions of what he said on camera. And he, this interview was conducted, from what I understand, November the 19th of 1990. And when you hear his voice, he just comes across as so darn believable. And he's just, you know, like just a salt of the earth guy who was 22 years old when he got this bizarre phone call in July of 1947, which would change his life and the direction of his life forever. And he just sounds like such you know, such a salt of the earth guy who just got mixed up in this extraordinary situation out in the middle of nowhere in this small desert town. And by the way, I believe Dr. Edgar Mitchell, who was the sixth man who walked on the moon, you've heard me talk about interviewing him and him saying that there were aliens out there. I think he was also born in Roswell. So there's a lot of interesting connections to Roswell, and, you know, the best aviators in the world work there, and they were the ones that went out and developed the, well, they, they were, they were the, the aviators who ultimately dropped the atomic bombs. And there's been a lot of speculation that that somehow triggered more interest from aliens and UFOs that, oh boy, the, uh, the primitives here on earth have discovered uh, how to make a nuclear bomb now. And, it's great to listen to Glenn Dennis talk about his experience being there at the time, because when you hear from a lot of these other witnesses, and there have been some great ones, like, for example, um, we have Philip J. Corso, who was a lieutenant colonel in the U.S. Army, and he came out in 1997 and published The Day After Roswell, where he told in great detail uh, about what happened and the bodies that were recovered and how a lot of the technology they got was sort of back engineered and seeded into the country's technological developments and all that. I mean, all this stuff is wrapped up so well by a lot of these other people who kind of came out as, you know, I guess deathbed confession types in one way or another. And yet I've always loved what Glenn Dennis had to say because when a military person tells you something about what was a military cover-up, you always have this question mark in the back of your mind like, huh, I don't know. Are they just helping to spread some more misinformation? Well, in this case, you'll hear from Glenn Dennis's own mouth. He says, look, I'm a civilian. I didn't think they could do anything to me. And that's why his story is so powerful. And when we come back from this break, again, I'm going to play for you some of the most significant parts of this historic interview. And I just love it. 
I, I, every time I, I hear it, I just believe over and over again, man, this guy is telling the truth. All right. Remember, if you want some really cool free stuff from me, like an instant free good luck charm, a five minute secret to help you attract more money. If you want to see into the other side, make some aura glasses. I can give you all that information for free. If you just go to joshuapwarren.com, take two seconds to put your email address into my little email newsletter. It's free and spam free. Put it into the e-newsletter box there and you will get an automated email that will instantly give you links to some really cool stuff. There's no period after the P in joshuapwarren.com. I am Joshua P. Warren, and you're listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And I will be right back. Don't go anywhere. There's more Strange Things coming right up. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings. That frustrating thing your mom does. Or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger. Talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash strange things today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash strange things. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's Full Regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon 
Melon Serum. This next generation serum has the power of Melon Leaf stem cell technology. It's Melon Leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Hey folks, we need your music. Hey, it's producer Tom at Coast to Coast AM and every first Sunday of the month, we play music from emerging artists just like you. If you're a musician or a singer and have recorded music you'd like to submit, it's very easy. Just go to coasttocoastam.com, click the Emerging Artist banner in the carousel, follow the instructions, and we just might play your music on the air. Go now to coasttocoastam.com to send us your recording. That's coasttocoastam.com. Did you know that tests that could save your life from cancer are now available for little or no cost thanks to the health care law called the Affordable Care Act? Let this be the year you get screening tests that can detect cancer early when it's most treatable. Don't let concerns get in the way. Talk to a doctor or other medical professional to learn more about the best cancer testing options for you. iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I am your host, the Wizard of Weird, beaming into your wormhole brain from my studio in Sin City, Las Vegas, Nevada, where every day is golden and every night is silver. And this interview was posted on YouTube by the U.S. National Archives. The official U.S. National Archives. I applaud them because everybody should have access to this and everybody should hear this. So thank you, U.S. National Archives. And I believe, I believe that this interview, and you can listen to it in its entirety there on YouTube, and I'm, I'm, I'm just going to play some portions for you, but I believe that this was recorded on November 19th, 1990. And the interview was conducted by Kevin Randall, Don Schmidt, and Mark Wolf. And my understanding is that Kevin Randall conducted the preliminary interview, and then the more formal interview was conducted by Mark Wolf the next day. So listen, I, get, I applaud Kevin Randall, Don Schmidt, and Mark Wolf also for going out there and doing the work and collecting this. It's just one of the most interesting things you're ever going to hear. So at this point, Kick back and listen to Glenn Dennis talk about when he was 22 years old in July of 1947, working at the funeral home in Roswell. And then he got a phone call and it would change the rest of his life. Here we go. Really, the way I became involved in this was 
started out in the after early afternoon around probably 1.30 in the afternoon. And I received a telephone call from the mortuary officer out at the Walker Air Force Base, Army Airfield Base. And uh, he was requiring, inquiring about what would be the smallest possible casket that we could get that would be hermetically sealed. So he said, I'll get back to you. And uh, that was the first contact that I had with the base. Then he called back, uh, oh, probably 45 minutes or so later. And he said, I need to ask you some more questions. He said, in case something like this should happen, he said, we, uh, we need to know what the preparation, what, how, what your preparations are for the bodies that had been laying out in the elements, you know. And uh, he said, we need to know also what, uh, what if your treatments of, of the bodies are the remains, uh, what could you do to them? And if your treatments, would it, would it change any of the chemical breakdown of the tissues, the blood? Would it make a difference? And I said, I thought probably it would. I told him, I said, if you, if you have a problem, if you want, you know, if you have something, you don't really know what to do about it, let me come out and I'll, you know, try to help you do whatever you want to do. Well, I thought maybe what happened, they might have had a VIP or, you know, some officer and something that happened. They maybe they didn't want, you know, wanted to keep it quiet and they probably wanted to do it themselves and not be involved with the civilian in. The only, I didn't go out to the basin probably a couple hours later, and I'd got an emergency call. There was an airman that was injured in an accident, and I took the airman to the base. He rode in the ambulance with me, and I took him out to the emergency room, and that's the way I became really involved out the base. I didn't go out just because I was curious. Well, when I got the call, you know, I left the funeral home in the... Hamlet went to the scene of the accident, picked the airman up. He I did not place him on a stretcher because uh, he had a head injury and a nose. I think his nose was fractured. When we got to the base, then uh, he walked into the emergency room. I didn't uh, have to take him in. They didn't bring out a you know a gurney or anything. We just he just walked in on his own. Then I had this friend that I wanted to talk to and see. This uh, is a lieutenant nurse that I knew quite well. That had only been there, approximately only been commissioned and been out to sign. This was their first assignment to the out at, to the air base, and uh, I wanted to talk to her. And so this, I was going down the hall, and I uh, first thing the lady that I want the lieutenant that I wanted to see was coming out of one room, going across the hall to the other, and she noticed it with me. She said. How did you get in here? What are you doing in here? And she said, you better get out in a hurry. She said, you're going to get in a lot of trouble. She said, would you please leave and get out of here in a hurry? And then about, I turned around and then about, and she went on into the other room. Then in about time I turned around, there was a, there was another officer said, hey, wait a minute. And I said, uh, looks like you had a crash. He said, I see there's some, you know, in the ambulance, in the ambulances out there, I see a lot of wrecking. I said, "Where was the crash?" And he said, "There wasn't any crash." 
And then he said, uh, then he said, just wait a minute. And then I, he said, wait a minute. And I, you know, stood there for a minute. And he turned around and evidently he must have waited for somebody else to come out because there was another officer coming out. And he said, this man says there was a crash out at the base. He said he wanted to know about, he was inquiring about our crash. And this was when I encountered, he was a red-headed officer and uh, very nasty, very uh, uh, rough. He said uh, he did not see any crash. There was not any crash. And he said, uh, you get the hell out of here and you didn't see anything and you don't talk to anybody. He said, you're going to get in hell a lot of trouble. And I said, look, I'm a civilian. There ain't a damn thing you can do to me about it. He said, no, but somebody might be picking your bones out of the sand. That's when he made the remark there. Then there was a black sergeant that was standing beside him. And he said, yeah, but he would make better dog food for our dogs. Of course, I didn't understand that. But And then there was two MPs that joined me right on, took me outside, and each holding me by my elbows, and they escorted me out to the back to the ambulance and followed me all the way back to the funeral home. Now, as you were entering the hospital, you saw something in three trucks. Yeah, when, yeah, because usually where I parked, there was three field ambulances parked in the area where I usually park where we back up to the to the ramps. So I just pulled up to the side in front of those and parked out in the front, and the airman and I got out and walked in. When I passed, when I got up, went up the steps and up the ramp, and I was walking, uh, going into the emergency room, I noticed that the doors were open, and, and uh, there, but what was odd about it, there was an MP standing beside each one of the vehicles in the back, just standing there. And the doors were open. Naturally, I was curious, and, you know, I just happened to look in. That's when I saw some debris that looked like parts of a plane or something that they hadn't had a crash, because I've seen them do this a lot of times, bring in pieces and the old ambulances in. Can you describe the debris? Yeah, they were. I noticed in two of the ambulances there was some debris that was probably two and a half to three feet, you know, long and probably high. That was propped up on the side of the ambulance. There, they were kind of in the shape of maybe like a half a canoe. They they were uh, like the front part of a canoe. But, you know, it looked like it looked like it might be aluminum, but it it looked more like it was the metal looked more like stainless steel that had been heated. It was blue, kind of a bluish tint to it. But what was odd about it? It looked like around the curved part in the front of the canoe there was some there was some uh, designs or something. It kind of reminded me of maybe some Egyptian signs or whatever, and it was probably about three inches. And high and probably the length of what the wreckage I saw it looked like it was the length and the same thing was in, in the other ambulance too. I mean I saw practically the same thing. The the pieces that were practically the same size and uh, the insignias looked like whatever that might be was uh, part of the wreckage. How did your friend <laughs> feel about what she saw? Well, I didn't know really until until uh, uh, till the next day, <clears throat> and I wanted to. I called out. I kept trying to get a hold of her because naturally I was curious and I wanted to know what was going on. 
And so I called out the next day, and then probably around 11.30, and she said, I know you've been trying to get a hold of me, but I haven't been available. And she said, why don't you meet me at the officer's club? If you if you have time, meet me at the officer's club, and we'll have lunch, and I want to, I want to talk to you. And uh, the funeral home we had at, at that time, we had all the, some of the businesses there had an associate membership to the officer's club. And our funeral home had that membership and also had a card to identify myself and what business that I was, you know, associated with. So I had no problem. One time I'd go to the base, all I had to do a lot of times, if it was in the evening, I'd have to stop and sign a visitor's and get a visitor's pass and then turn it in when I left. But it was no problem going out there. So I went on out and met her. Okay, we're going to stop right there and take a break. And wait till you hear what happened when he went to see his nurse friend. And she told him what has, you know, what had actually been happening there on the base. And keep in mind, this is 1947. World War II had just ended in 1945. And everybody was on edge. And when a military guy says, hey, listen, if you talk about this, we're going to be picking your bones out of the desert. You're going to be dog food. I mean, you didn't take that lightly. That was a real threat. They scared those folks to death. I'm Joshua P. Warren. You're listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I'll be right back after these important messages. Hang in there. Josh is coming right back on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's Full Regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon 
Melon Serum. This next generation serum has the power of Melon Leaf stem cell technology. It's Melon Leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Dr. Nathan Newman, doctor to top athletes and celebrities, plus creator of stem cell-based Luminesce, is proud to announce a much lower price on his products, so more can enjoy a more youthful look. Luminesce is great for women and men on those fine lines, wrinkles, under-eye bags, plus great on the neck, forehead, and hands. Dr. Newman. What causes the skin to break down with age? Changes that we start to look on our skin starts actually in our 20s where we get sun damage and the effects of pollution and our environment start to cause our skin to age and we start to break down the collagen, the elastin, and we get glycation, which is the sugar that we eat gets stuck within the collagen fibers and makes our skin inflexible. The Luminous Skin Care line does two things. One, it has a reparative effect so it makes the skin look and feel much better, softer, supple, and more young and smooth, but it also is preventative. So it prevents the skin from the breakdown and the damage that we get from the sun and from the environment and from sugars that we have in our body. Thank you, Dr. Newman. For several years, we have offered Luminous products and decided a price reduction was in order, so more can enjoy the amazing benefits of Dr. Newman's stem cell-based Luminous. Shop now at HealthyLooking.com or call toll-free 800-604-3129. If you would like to try Luminous, how about our starter kit, postage paid for $19.99? See the full line of products from Luminous, plus our starter kit offer at HealthyLooking.com. That's HealthyLooking.com or call 800-604-3129. Luminous from HealthyLooking.com. Hey folks, it's easier than ever to become a Coast to Coast AM insider and have access to past shows, the Art Bell Vault with classic audio and interviews, and so much more. And you can listen to the show live or on demand with your computer or cell phone, and the audio streams are high quality and crystal clear. It's easy to become an insider. Just head on over to coasttocoastam.com, the website, and you'll find all the info right there. That's coasttocoastam.com, coasttocoastam.com. Welcome back to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I am your host, Joshua P. Warren, 
And this is the show where the unusual becomes usual. Okay, let's get back to this interview. Here's what happened when Glenn Dennis went to visit his friend, the nurse, on the Roswell base to have lunch. How would you like to have been a fly on the wall for this one? Tell me about lunch. Well, we, you know, both ordered. I'm not sure remember what we ordered, but it was just a light, just a light lunch. But she was so upset. Uh, she looked like she's, you know, in shock is what she really talked like and looked like. And uh, she said, I want to, she said, I said, well, I was just curious. The only reason I want to talk to you was curious on what happened. And she said, well, you won't believe it. And she says, I don't believe it either. But she said, uh, I got in a lot of trouble on this thing. I probably, I'm not real sure about this. But she said, when I, then she pulled out of a, a little purse or a little pocketbook, whatever she had there. She gave me a little diagram that she had that she had drawn some some uh, figures of uh, of some arms and uh, face and so on. She told me that this is what you know was what was in those uh, that it was a crash, it wasn't an airplane, but they didn't know what it was at that time. These were bodies. Yeah, but she said we have three bodies. That there was three bodies. She said two of them were very mutilated. One looked like it might have walked out or that it, you know, might have lived a, a little while. And she explained they were like three and a half feet to four feet tall. The uh, two of the bodies were, the, the you couldn't identify much because they were practically destroyed. And it looked like maybe that they might have been uh, a predatory animal or something might have... Uh, been doing some damage on the bodies too. How did she describe her head and her hands? Well, she said the head, and then the the little drawings that I had. She the way she explained it and the way she drew it that the heads were somewhat larger than than a human heads. The hands were long, no thumbs. It was just the long, very delicate fingers at the end of the, on the. Underside at the tip of each fingers was a pad-like, uh, maybe a little pad, but it looked like the skin had maybe a little suction, like the little suction cups on those. On the uh, no fingernails on the hands. The head, the lips were very just a long, narrow, more or less uh, not full lips like we would have in a, in most of our people. But very fine line, very fine lips. Uh, there was no teeth that was the inside of the mouth. It was, it was kind of like a real, uh, a gums. Maybe it was. Uh, she said, explain it. It was almost as hard as if it was rawhide. Maybe, at that. The uh, the ears. There was only two small orifices on each side of the head with the, looked like a couple of small lobes that might, some way that might cover both of those. But there was not a protruding ear. And also that the nose, there was only two small orifices in the nose. It was, there was really no nose that was uh, convex. It was all just uh, flush with the... It, uh, the face. Was she emotional about all this? 
very much so, very emotional. She would have to stop and drink water every once in a while, and uh, also uh, she never touched a meal at all the time we were talking in an hour and a half that we were there, she never touched her meal. You know, every once in a while she'd go like this, you know, and wringing her hands, and she said it was the most, most uh, horrified. I've never been so horrified in my life. I've never seen anything so gruesome in my life. I've never smelt anything that smelt worse in my life. And she told me that when I saw her, she was leaving the room to go to the bathroom because she was deathly ill and was going to throw up. Well, yeah, we'd visited a while, and then I had to get back to the funeral home, go back to work, but uh, then uh, I never did see her after that. And I called out the next day to see how she was feeling, see what, and they told me that she wasn't available. Then I wouldn't be available that day. I called the next day, and they told me that she'd been transferred. And it was rather odd because she'd only been at the base less than three months. That was her on commission less than three months, and that was her first assignment. So it was rather odd that she would be transferred out, you know, within three months. Then about two weeks, probably two weeks, at least two weeks. Could have been a little longer, but I know it was at least two weeks. I got a, I got a letter addressed to me at Glendettis at the Ballard Field Home. With, uh, she didn't sign. It didn't have any returned address or anything on it. But inside of the letter, there was just a note. She said, "I don't have time to write. I will write later." This is my APO number, and that was that was the extent of it. So then I wrote back to her and uh, asked her more or less how you know how she was feeling and why the sudden transfer. And then I hoped that she wasn't in any trouble. It was just a short note. I really didn't go into a lot of detail or anything. Then probably three weeks or probably a month after that, then I got the letter that I had mailed to her, it was return, it was stamped return, and also it's on the, on the, in red printing it said deceased. And that's the last time I ever heard or heard anything about it. And then, well, probably, then I went out to the base uh, a few days later and I was talking to one of the nurses and I said, you know, whatever happened to the lieutenant? And she said, well, the rumor is that we heard that she was killed with five other nurses in a training mission in a plane crash. And that was it. No indication of where? Well, it was in London, England. She said in, my, in the note that she sent me that she was in London, stationed in London. And that was it. That's the last time I ever heard. So that's all I'm going to play for you from this historic interview. If you want to listen uh, to the whole thing and see the video, uh, just go to YouTube and do a search for W. Glenn Dennis interview and you'll see it there posted by the U.S. National Archives. Doesn't it kind of make you angry to think that, you know, this happened almost 75 years ago and since then <laughs> all of us who've been working hard and paying taxes, um, have not been able to see exactly what they got that day, what was there. I mean, I understand the need to keep things secret for security purposes, but what are the limits? What are the boundaries of that? At what point do you say, okay, come on. You, this is something that's too big. You, you can't keep this a secret. It's interesting when you think about what happened in Roswell 
how physical that everything sounds like this was a physical craft that crashed with physical debris and physical bodies. And then you have all of these experiences that people have with these beings, and they almost sometimes happen in a dreamlike or astral state. And that's why it makes you think maybe they're just different types of beings. Often when someone is abducted, so to speak, um, it, it has a dreamy quality to it. Uh, when we come back from our next break, I actually want to read to you an email I got from a man who says he still has PTSD from waking up and seeing something standing in his bedroom. Uh, but I, I'll, I'll squeeze this in here real quick. I was thinking about how long those types of experiences go back. And I started looking into the concept of the sand man. You know, you wake up in the morning, you have grit in your eyes. They say, oh, it was a sand man. That's, that comes from an old European folktale. And in 1841, Hans Christian Andersen wrote about it uh, in a story called Old Lukioi. Uh, apparently, it says that Ole is a common Danish first name, and Lukioi means closed eye. And I just thought this was a cool description. Here's what Hans Christian Andersen wrote. He said, there is nobody in the world who knows so many stories as Ole Lukioi who can relate them so nicely. In the evening... While the children are seated at the table or in their little chairs, he comes up the stairs very softly, for he walks in his socks. Then he opens the doors without the slightest noise and throws a small quantity of very fine dust in their eyes, just enough to prevent them from keeping them open so they do not see him. Then he creeps behind them and blows softly upon their necks till their heads begin to droop. But old Lukioi does not wish to hurt them, for he's very fond of children and only wants them to be quiet so that he may relate to them pretty stories. And they never are quiet until they are in bed and asleep. And as soon as they're asleep, old Lukioi, he sits himself upon the bed. He's nicely dressed. His coat is made of silken fabric. It is impossible to say of what color for it changes from green to red, and from red to blue as he turns from side to side. Under each arm he carries an umbrella. One of them with pictures on the inside he spreads over the good children, and then they dream the most beautiful stories the whole night. But the other umbrella has no pictures, and this he holds over the naughty children, so that they sleep heavily and wake in the morning without having dreams at all. Something kind of creepy about that, huh? Something visiting you in the night, giving you dreams, visions, controlling you. When we come back, I'll tell you more and the story of what a woman saw in her rearview mirror by herself on the way home. I'm Joshua P. Warren. You're listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I'll be right back. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's Full Regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon. Melon Serum. This next generation serum has the power of melon leaf stem cell technology. It's melon leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. If you feel stressed, suffer from fatigue, moodier than usual, or would like to fall asleep easier and sleep more soundly while losing weight, do we have something for you? Accelerate and Elevate. I take Elevate Performance Supplement in the morning for energy and laser focus for work. Then before bed, I take Accelerate, weight management and sleep combo. And indeed, I now sleep soundly through the night. Plus, I'm losing weight. It's amazing. I've maybe gotten four to five hours of sleep max a night. I'm sleeping between six and seven. I wake up to use the bathroom, but I go right back to sleep, which has never happened before, which is pretty awesome. I noticed a higher level of happiness. I also noticed that I wasn't taking naps. I had more energy. I was more in the moment with my kids. Like we were laughing more. We were more excited. Every single person needs to feel this. I lost 10 pounds and five and a half inches off my waist. And I'm so proud of myself. It gives you energy. It helps you sleep better. It just works. I stand by it 100%. I was on a handful of medications to help me sleep, to help me be happy. Tons of therapy. When I'm ready to go to sleep, I'm getting seven to nine hours of sleep every night. I've lost some pounds, um, inches mainly. My family has me back. 
Try Accelerate and Elevate. Discounted for listeners to the show. Plus further discounts with the George Power Pack, including a free gift. Learn more and order now at our website, energyfocussleep.com. That's energyfocussleep.com or 800-394-9930. So jump on the path now to all-day energy, better sleep, and weight loss with Accelerate and Elevate. Energyfocussleep.com, energyfocussleep.com or 800-394-9930. The Coast to Coast AM mobile app is here and waiting for you right now. With the app, you can hear classic shows from the past seven years, listen to the current live show, and get access to the Art Bell Vault where you can listen to uninterrupted audio. So head on over to the coasttocoastam.com website. We have a handy video guide to help you get the most out of your mobile app usage. All the info is waiting for you now at coasttocoastam.com. That's coasttocoastam.com. The Art Bell Vault has classic audio waiting for you now. Go to coasttocoastam.com for details. Welcome back to the final segment of this edition of Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I am your host, Joshua P. Warren, and I received this email from Brandon Wayne Hitt about something that happened to him when he was a college student in Longview, Texas. December of 2009, he wrote, In the winter of 2009, sometime in early December, I was in my bedroom when I woke up from a deep sleep. I was oddly more awake than usual, and I felt a strange presence to my left. When I turned over and looked, there was a being standing in front of my dresser. We made brief eye contact right before he reached out toward me, which resulted in my becoming fully paralyzed. My back slightly lifted off my bed, probably no more than an inch, and I had no control over any aspect of my body except for my thinking. I could barely see out of my right eye, though I was able to observe a beam of light pressed into my chest with extreme pressure. I felt no physical pain. The only thing I could feel was an overwhelming emotion or energy of love, far more intense than the love I felt from humans. Suddenly the being left, and I laid there trying to process what happened. I gathered my courage and stood up. I turned the lights on and pushed my tall dresser in front of my window. I didn't sleep for days. I've spent years researching ancient history and studying world religions. In the past few years, I have been able to psychically channel with the being that visited me, though I've yet to experience an actual abduction. 
I view what happened to me as some sort of divine surgery or spiritual resuscitation. I've recently been able to rehabilitate myself from all the anxiety this event has caused me, and I'm still struggling with post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD. In recent years, I've discovered many things that have helped me understand what happened to me, but I'm still searching for answers. That's a weird story, isn't it? I mean, it, it, it's it's horrifying and terrifying in the sense that, you know, who wants to have that happen? And then he says he's suffering PTSD. But then he says, at the same time, I felt loved. And it seemed like some divine spiritual resuscitation. What an odd combination of feelings for him to describe. Is that a more typical type of alien encounter? Or would you call that something else? You hear a lot of those types of stories. How about this one? This was sent to me from Vicki Nolan. This happened to her in Andover, New Jersey in 1985. She said, I lived in New Jersey and they had raised the drinking age to 21. This meant that I had to travel to a bar on the New York state border on Saturdays to dance and watch bands play. I had a long boring hour and a half drive through northern New Jersey to get to my mom's house. I left the bar at exactly 1.30 a.m., sober, as I was afraid that if I drank, I'd fall asleep behind the wheel. That particular night, I was tired, even though I had gotten plenty of sleep the night before. I was four miles from my mom's house when I suddenly felt extraordinarily sleepy. I was afraid that if I pulled over in the zero-degree temperature, I would freeze to death. I kept telling myself that I just had to stay awake just a short while longer. The week before, my friend had fallen asleep behind the wheel of his truck, leaving that very bar, and totaled his truck, but luckily he wasn't hurt. As I made my way up uh, a long hill, the windy road forked to, excuse me, the windy road, forked to the right. I could not believe how enormous the moon was. A plate held at arm's length in front of you would have been equivalent in size. I was staring and thinking, it's got to be the moon. I can see craters, but it's as if it's magnified a hundred times. Seeing this beautiful sight reinvigorated me. I wanted to pull over on the shoulder and stare at it, but I kept driving. At the top of the hill, the road bent 90 degrees to the left, and the topography dictated that there was a deep wooded valley directly behind me, and that's when, that's when I saw a light a couple of miles behind me that appeared to be weaving down a hill. However, there was no hill behind me, nor was there a road. A bright spotlight shone in the backside window of my car, reflecting off of the back seat. I wondered if it was the moonlight as I glanced into the rearview mirror again and saw that the light was much closer. The single light had broken into two so that they were traveling side by side. I wondered if it was two motorcycles, but despite my car being brand new and there not being a radio, why couldn't I hear their engines? I should have heard them as they approached from behind me. I began uh, speeding, but 
The lights were able to catch up with me in minutes. The bright lights were now immediately behind me as I exclaimed, what the hell? That was the last thing I remember. I was very awake, but I could not recall driving those last two miles to my mom's house. I found myself parked oddly at the bottom of her driveway, not at all where I usually parked. It should have been about 3 a.m., and yet the sky looked slightly pink as if the sun was rising. It was January, so it had to be closer to 7 a.m. I was going to look at the clock to confirm the time, but all I could think of was how strange it was that I couldn't recall the last two miles of the drive. And that I should really just go to bed. It still bothers me that I'd been so wide awake before and after the missing two miles of the drive. And to this day, I'm disappointed in myself for not verifying the time as I have an obsession with being aware of it. Prior to that incident, I loved looking at the moon, but since find myself looking at it with suspicion. I can't forget that I've experienced lost time, but I'm too afraid to undergo hypnosis to find out what really happened. A decade later, I watched a TV show in which someone experienced something similar. And two decades after that, I worked with someone who was a UFO enthusiast and co-workers made fun of him. I told him this story and the boss overheard and admitted that he had experienced something similar, but in Alaska. It feels so amazing to know I am not alone. Thank you, Vicki, for sharing that experience. And, uh, gosh, I have more I could read you. Thank you, Brandon. Uh, but you know what? We're almost out of time. Uh, so let me just squeeze in this real quick. It's a cool testimonial from a lady in Texas. And she went to my curiosity shop and she purchased the psionic dematerializer, AKA the bad buster. And I don't know, uh, there might not be any of them in stock at this point. They sell out all the time. She says, just a quick note about what happened to me. Her name is Amanda. Just a quick note about what happened to me when I used the Bad Buster. I bought the Bad Buster back in October. When I was setting it up, I wrote on the paper I did not want my car loan anymore. At that time, I owed about $13,000. I put the bad buster in a safe place and promptly forgot about it. A month ago, I was able to pay off the note in full. I was so ecstatic. It took roughly five months, but it worked. Big smiley face. Thank you, Amanda. Well, Amanda, thank you for that. And congratulations to you. And I know for those of you listening, you might say, well, five months, it took five months. But yes, she had a $13,000 debt. You know how long it takes to pay off a $13,000 car loan? And five months is, is what she did it in. So look, I get these kinds of reports every day. So 
Go give it a shot. There's a 100% money back guarantee if you just go to the curiosity shop there at joshuapwarren.com. All right, my friends, time to wrap up this edition of the program. And uh, now, hey, I've got to leave you with the good fortune tone. It helps your week be much, much more successful. So close your eyes if you can. Take a deep breath. Relax and enjoy the good fortune tone. That's it for this edition of the show. Follow me on Twitter at Joshua P. Warren. Plus, visit JoshuaPWarren.com to sign up for my free e-newsletter to receive a free instant gift and check out the cool stuff in the Curiosity Shop all at JoshuaPWarren.com. I have a fun one lined up for you next time, I promise. So please tell all your friends to subscribe to this show and to always remember the golden rule. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your interest and support. Thank you for staying curious. And I will talk to you again soon. You've been listening to Strange Things on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Well, if you like this episode of Strange Things, wait till you hear the next one. Thank you for listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network.